Hello, and welcome to the Weekly Watch podcast series. I'm John Briggs, Global Head of Death Strategy. This series helps you cut through the noise of global financial markets with a quick take on the upcoming trends to watch. Hello, everyone. Since we last spoke, we've seen yields continue to fall across most global sovereign bond markets, which seems to reflect ongoing fears around the growth outlook. There's been plenty of uh, technical reasons and and discussion about flows that have pushed yields lower. But when you have a sustained move that has lasted several weeks and continues to um, make new low real yields and push lower in in nominal yields, there's clearly something more more fundamental going on. Um, And we've discussed this in the last few weeks. Mainly, these feel like they're around the Delta variant, but also concerns about slowing in peak growth in several regions, Asia most notably. Um, and expect these conditions probably to last for the next few weeks, at least until we get some more evidence that that linkage between cases and fatalities or hospitalizations um, has hopefully weakened in the developed world. Things look good so far in the UK, but you know, one country, one example isn't enough to really conclude that that's going to be the same for the US and for Europe. Yes, yeah, so we expect this kind of these conditions to continue. Um, and, you know, these fears over the last week have have continued, especially in the U.S., where we've seen some added restrictions, such as dining in New York, needing a vaccine card, um, mainly also mask recommendations. But the political appetite, as we've discussed, for widespread restrictions remains limited. So the CDC is stuck to advice. Um, and I would call other restrictions sporadic and not uniform in nature. So we don't think that these will necessarily cause inactivity or reduction in activity that we saw during the first round of COVID and, you know, previous waves. But, you know, like I said, still, we continue to expect these growth concerns will continue for the least next few weeks. Um, I will note that we're recording this podcast before the U.S. payroll report, which could alleviate or accentuate some of those concerns. So we'll see how that comes out. Um, But I will say in Europe, you know, the data continues to be fairly strong. Yes, some of the PMI reports of late were a bit lower than expected, but they're still holding at very high levels. And in the UK, we've seen pretty good data with the PMI data this week uh, beating just a few days ago. So I want to go a bit deeper into the UK, both on the data and regarding the central bank, because we did have a meeting. Um, Ross, our chief UK economist and our co-head of global economics is with me today. So Ross, first, just generally on the economic outlook, the data, any update to your views and the momentum on the US UK economy just on the growth side? Well, I would say the most significant development has been the really rapid rebound in employee numbers. And, you know, if you're taking a sort of medium term view of spare capacity on which to base an inflation projection and therefore a monetary policy view, um, this is really your this is where your key variables lie. And really, in the last two or three months, we've essentially seen a, a very rapid rebound in employment as the economy reopen from the Q1 lockdown. And essentially, in those three months, taking back about half of the the slack that had opened up since the the first wave of the the pandemic and the lockdown. So quite a significant, rapid labor market improvement. Uh, We thought that would underpin a more hawkish set of Bank of England forecasts. But actually, the August uh, monetary policy report projections had a a slightly more dovish than expected feel. So the bank is still pushing back a little bit, just at the margin, uh, against uh, market pricing in terms of of the timing of rate hikes. So where are we as far as rate hikes go? And is there anything else from the meeting that um, shifted your outlook or anything else important that we should be focusing on? Yeah, so in recent months, we've brought forward our first bank rate hike uh, to November 
2022. That looks pretty much in line with what the Bank of England is signalling in their latest August forecasts. Um, we then see a quarter point rise to half a percent on bank rates around the middle of 2023. That's a bit more hawkish, a bit more aggressive than what the BOE is, is signalling. So the, the overall conclusion is that, that rate rises are, are still not imminent. The, the Bank of England is, is not going to be particularly preemptive in its policy tightening. Um, but nevertheless, we, we could see the first rise before the end of, of next year. The other key feature of the, the BOE's August forecast was that we got some detail on their preferred policy sequencing. Um, it's a little bit more nuanced or it's a sort of hybrid outcome versus what was expected. So they're, they're telling us that they're going to allow some natural runoff of the QE stock through ceasing to reinvest maturing proceeds. That will happen a bit earlier than expected. Bank rate only has to reach half a percent before that trigger is reached. But I think what's more significant is there will be no active selling of the QE stock until bank rate is up at 1%. And that's very much at the upper end, I think, of expectations as to where we would see some, some quantitative tightening. And if you look at what markets are pricing, you've got to go way beyond five years from now before bank rate would be at 1%. So in other words, the the policy tightening in the UK is still principally going to come through bank rate rather than a QE unwind. And even then, the BOE is not going to be overly preemptive or aggressive in its policy tightening. Gotcha. So one more. What about the inflation outlook? Have your views on inflation changed or, or compare that to what the bank sees? I think like most forecasters and the Bank of England as well, inflation has overshot expectations significantly. Uh, in the past two or three months against the, the backdrop of economic reopening. Interestingly, it's not the, the, I think the forecast errors are not primarily stemming from those consumer leisure services sectors, uh, the parts of the economy that were previously closed and now reopening, but it's a more general global cost push inflation. And so I think you can argue, as, as the Bank of, Ang Bank of England is, uh, that those, those cost push pressures will largely wash out over the next couple of years and inflation will drift back to, to targets. But it's um, the data are proving very difficult and it, it, you know, it, wouldn't take, it wouldn't take much in terms of a bit more persistence in these overshoots versus expectations in the inflation data, I think, to, to encourage markets to, to price in a more aggressive earlier uh, policy tightening cycle. So you kind of beat me to my last question, which was, you know, some of the global side of things as far as the cost push pressures go. And it's interesting because your comment there on the UK is very much in line with some of the things I've talked about in the US, where they could talk about the transitory nature or the supply chain issues are going to cause prices, um, you know, to, to stay high for the next several months. But how long do markets let that pass before they start to think that, okay, well, you know, you've said transitory, but we're in month nine of above target inflation. So um, sounds like that's a very similar situation or potentially same similar situation in the UK too. So um, could be an interesting back half of the year. Well, that's it for this week. Ross, thank you for joining me and we'll speak to everybody soon. Thank you. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of the Weekly Watch. Please subscribe to our channel to get future episodes. We also encourage you to explore more of our content on our website and other social media channels.